Chapter Twenty One of An Unwilling Guest by Grace Livingston Hill. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Like Many Waters. Chapter Twenty One. Allison's invitation to New York. Evelyn dismissed her maid for the night and sat down in her room to read her letter. It was not a long one, but it contained many things that set her heart throbbing wildly. There was mention of Allison's brother, and of how much the church and Sunday school were interested in the work in China. Even her Sunday school class had pledged each a dollar a year from their meager earnings to endow a bed in the new hospital, this last started by the indefatigable Bert. Allison spoke of taking the same drive with her brother when he was at home that he had taken with Evelyn the year before, and described the scenery vividly, so that Evelyn closed her eyes and could almost feel that she was there again, with that man beside her who could tell her so much. Oh, if he were here but for a little minute, how she would question him. She would find out what it was he wanted her to do, and how to go about it. Why had she never done so? Why had she not made opportunity? The letter went on to say that they had spoken of Miss Rutherford during their drive, and that Allison's brother had told her how kind Miss Rutherford had been, making bright spots of friendship in his desert of hard work. The tears rushed to Evelyn's eyes as she read this. How little it had been! Barely one invitation to dinner, and a call or two, Allison closed by saying she wrote this at Bert's request, as she felt he would be more welcome carrying a message from her, though she feared Evelyn might not be particularly overjoyed with the visit. Evelyn leaned wearily back in her chair at last, and let the tears course slowly down her cheeks. She was not used to crying, but she seemed to be unnerved and not like herself. She had tried to tell herself all summer that she must get over this strange infatuation for a man whom she would probably never see again, and who did not care for her. But somehow she did not want to get over it. It comforted and strengthened her to feel that she cared for him. A new desire had been roused in her heart to find out just what it was he had wanted her to do, and just how to do it. All summer she had prayed though the words of her prayer had changed. They were no longer, Make me willing, but show me the way. The first had been answered. She had come to believe in the miracle of prayer. Nothing could have been farther from her mind when she first began to pray than that she would ever be willing to give up her life of gaiety and be good, as she phrased it. But now there was no attraction in the world for her. Everything she had formerly enjoyed was distasteful to her. She could even understand how Allison was happy in her home and her work. Oh, if there were but a home and work for her, perhaps she could be happy. Yes, even with that great longing in her heart for a love that was not hers. What if she should try the Bible? If she but had someone to help her, and then a thought came that moved her to prompt action. Allison was just the one she needed she would write and invite her at once she went to her desk and wrote dear allison your letter reached me to-night and showed me exactly what i want and need it is you will you come to me i want you for two or three months if your mother can spare you now please don't plead that your work will keep you 
one heathen is as good as another and i think perhaps there is room for your work here in new york don't wait to fix up a lot of clothes i am being very quiet this winter somehow i don't care to go out as much as i used to do and i have a host of things that we can fix up beautifully for you should any occasion offer when you need more than you have to have in hillcroft marie my maid is skilful at sewing and fitting and time hangs heavy on her hands just now so if there is anything you need get it here and let her make it i really cannot wait for you to come now that i have set my heart upon it we had a most unique visit from bert i am glad he came i will tell you about it when you get here now please don't say there is anything to hinder your coming and do write by return mail to tell us when to meet you your sincere friend evelyn m rutherford the letter written evelyn felt happier she sealed it and then went into the library where she was surprised to find a light still burning and her brother with a newspaper across his knees but his eyes shaded by his hand he did not stir as she came in and she thought he might be asleep she searched silently in the bookcase for some minutes and then mounted a chair to reach the top shelf in doing so she caught her foot in her skirt and almost lost her balance a slight exclamation of dismay and the fall of a book she had been reaching for just above her head brought her brother to her rescue what are you doing up there evelyn he asked helping her down and putting the book back in its place she hesitated a minute half annoyed and then spoke the truth i was looking to see if there wasn't a little old bible up there that i used to have when i was in school i want to see one for a minute and there doesn't seem to be one in the house it is odd when you come to think of it but i can't remember that we ever had one i have one i'll get it for you he said not seeming to notice her look of surprise and presently he returned from his room with a handsomely bound bible apparently new thank you said evelyn as calmly as her brother had spoken but she went to her room with not a little curiosity evelyn sat down with the book in her hand and turned to the fly-leaf written in a clear bold hand were these words a parting gift to my dear friend richard l rutherford with the hope that he will sometimes read it and that it may grow as dear to him as to his friend maurice hamilton gray the date was in the last week before dr gray left for the west evelyn's heart stood still it was almost like having another view of him to read these words this then was how richard came to have a bible and he too had been thought of and probably prayed for she drew a long breath and wondered if her brother felt any longing for the things that had been growing more and more interesting to her the bible did not look as if it had had hard usage but neither did it look as if it had never been opened before as evelyn sat back and turned the leaves it opened itself to a place that had been marked and she read then jesus beholding him loved him and said unto him one thing thou lackest she read back a little way and thought how well that described her brother did the one who marked it think so too oh that she could find a verse marked for herself she put her face down into the cool pages and closed her eyes and tried to pray but no words would come and the prayer went up to the throne a great longing unphrased and the father who knoweth all knew the interpretation and the answer thereof 
when that invitation reached allison she was laying out an elaborate plan of work for the winter there were plans for her class for the mill girls for the young people's meeting and for their club she was the centre of a great many things in the little village and truly it seemed to herself that she could not well be spared in fact when she first read the letter she did not entertain the thought of going to new york for a moment but gradually during her walk home from the post office her brother's words came to her allison miss rutherford told me that she was going to ask you to visit her some time if she ever does i hope you will go it will do you and her both good go to please me sister mine if for nothing else now going to china is not quite like going to heaven but allison regarded her brother's request much as if he had left this world forever and when the memory of his request came to her she stopped suddenly in her walk and looked down at the letter in her hand in dismay when maurice had said that she had hoped in her heart that miss rutherford only said it in kindness and had forgotten it by this time indeed she had never expected to be invited she slowly opened the letter again and walked slowly reading it through once more almost stumbling over a root in the walk and causing miss rebecca bascombe to wonder if she had a lover somewhere who wrote letters to her that she couldn't wait to get home to read it was a troubled face that she presented to her mother a few minutes thereafter as she threw the letter into mrs gray's lap the spirit of the writer had entered into her soul she had read the real desire to have her in her second perusal and stern duty was beginning to plead on both sides it was not in allison to want to go new york meant to her the world of fashion her life had been sweet and guarded and hitherto somewhat narrowing in its tendency in spite of the efforts at broadening that father mother and brother had tried to give it was for this reason that maurice gray had long ago told evelyn rutherford she could help allison if she would he longed to have his sister see other ways of doing view the world from another standpoint and draw her own conclusions the mother recognized this side of the question which allison would not admit in the matter at all even before she noticed the real appeal in the letter allison retired to the sofa in gloom she did not want to go she did not believe she ought to do so she did not care to go among other people and see new sights it was enough to stay in her dear home with father and mother and work for those all about her were not these many young people who recognized her leadership of more value than the one girl in the city who probably would tire of her in a few days she said something like this to her mother who reminded her what the lord said about leaving ninety-nine and going after one lost sheep it may be that her son had given her some hint of the state of evelyn's heart or it may be she only guessed it from the letter and from her boy's very tender way of asking mother still to pray for her poor allison saw nothing but giants in the way whenever she thought of the proposed visit there for instance was the inevitable question of clothes which had troubled every woman since eve made her apron it was all well enough for evelyn to talk about going off without getting ready perhaps she who had quantities of clothes made by the best skilled tailors could do that but allison well knew that her own new dark blue broadcloth made in hillcroft would look quite out of style put down in new york 
did she not remember her first sight of the gray broadcloth lined with turquoise silk she had an eye for fit and finish even though she was not the possessor of it it was not that her clothes were not plenty good enough for anything in hillcroft indeed miss bascombe had sometimes remarked that the grays dressed their daughter entirely too well it would foster vanity in her she declared she was dressed as well as any of the girls in hillcroft better than many but for instance take that same blue broadcloth it was made by the family dressmaker the best the town afforded and she had cut the left side gore of the skirt upside down now everybody knows how quickly the nap of broadcloth will turn itself back if made up the wrong way of the cloth and to allison her dress was marred the goods had all been used and they had tried in vain to get more of the same it had been bought some months before and it could not be matched miss betts said she cut it in the evening and she didn't believe that it would ever be noticed in the world allison knew that evelyn would see it at once moreover the skirt was not the shape she had told miss betts to make it oh it would be a great trial to go on a mission to new york she would much much rather go to china and there would be theatres and dancing and cards and perhaps who knew wine offered her to drink and she would have to decline or seem rude and to tell all her sacred reasons why and then be laughed at why had evelyn rutherford ever come to hillcroft and why had maurice ever said that about her going to new york they were all against her even miss joan rutherford to whom evelyn had bethought herself to write she came over the next morning with shining eyes to say how glad she was that her dear allison was going to visit her brother's home taking it for granted that of course she was going she stayed only a few minutes and slipped a tiny chamois bag into allison's hand as she went out saying there dear you'll be needing some spending money while you are away and i'd love to have you spend that for me on yourself you're part my girl you know when allison opened the bag she found five ten-dollar gold pieces gleaming there after that the going seemed inevitable not that miss rutherford alone could have turned the scale but father and mother urged her strongly also it will do her good said her mother while she yet shrank from having her daughter leave her she needs to get out of herself and to have wider views of life there is no telling for what god is preparing her and she must be ready to fill any place she needs to see a little of cultured society the question of dress did not worry the mother a breath or two upside down was not such a serious thing at her time of life as it was to allison there is that black silk that has been lying in the trunk for two years waiting for a time when it was needed to be made up you can take it as it is and there is grandmother's real lace shawl take miss rutherford at her word and let her maid fix it up for you she will only enjoy it don't you remember how she entered into fixing your old blue silk waist you must have a new cloth dress of some sort and that you can get in new york ready-made perhaps your father and i will attend to that keep your gold pieces for something you see when you get there and so allison in fear and trembling bade good-bye to her class and her home and the dear protecting arms of mother and started on her first trip into the world alone although she was twenty-one years old she had been so sheltered that in some things she was little more than a child 
when she had been on the train about half an hour the thought came to her that evelyn would probably want to make her dress low-necked at which she became so indignant and altogether frightened that if it had been possible she would have turned back home and declared that the visit was impossible but trains do not stop on fancy and she sped on her way her letter accepting the invitation had reached evelyn one evening when the family was at dinner a smile of real pleasure lit up her face as she read it dick she said laying down the letter beside her plate alison gray is coming to make me a visit i invited her last week and her answer has just come she will be here thursday evening you don't say said her brother looking up with interest from a legal document that had come in the mail i shall be glad to make her acquaintance i have been quite curious to see her ever since your friend bert was here a girl that can influence a fellow of his make-up to keep away from a new york theatre when he has free tickets is quite a curiosity of whom are you speaking asked the father laying down his paper and giving his attention once more to his soup alison gray she is dr gray's sister father from hillcroft she is aunt joan's idol you will like her i am sure well now that will be quite a novelty anybody belonging to dr gray and your aunt joan will certainly be welcome i have often wished we could see some sensible young people around when does she come thursday evening said evelyn again referring to the letter and dick you'll certainly have to go with me to meet her she will be lost in new york for she never travelled alone before and it is marie's day out so i can't take her with pleasure said the young man smiling evelyn took a childish pleasure in preparing for alison's visit she had not thought she could ever be so glad about anything as she was over the coming of this girl who after all was but a mere stranger she put the room next to her own in dainty array for her reception it might be that the true homey look would be lacking but alison should have everything that money could buy to make that room beautiful for her the soft velvet carpet in blue and white gave back no sound the heavy brass bed with its draperies of costly lace over pale blue and its blue silk eider-down quilt thrown across the foot the elegant little dressing-table with its appointment of silver brushes all spoke of a life of ease and elegance above the mantel she hung hoffman's child picture of the christ when at last alison stepped bewildered from the train and looked about her at the crowds of people and the myriads of twinkling lights she wished she were at home then almost instantly her bag was taken from her by some one and a young man said in a pleasant voice miss gray i am dick rutherford welcome to new york my sister is over here out of the crowd will you step this way and she followed him through what seemed to her a dense mass of humanity to where evelyn stood it was all so different from the way they had met in hillcroft evelyn had learned to be gentle and kind alison thought she had grown more beautiful only paler and wondered at the way she treated her she took her in her arms and kissed her actually right in new york no not in new york yet for there was that dreadful ferry to cross she had been thinking of it with fear ever since it began to grow dark how good it was of them to meet her on this side then they led her to the ferry-boat and mr rutherford made a way for them to pass to the front that they might watch the lights of the great city coming nearer and nearer 
it was like a fairy dream to Allison, never having seen anything like it before. She could not help thinking her thoughts aloud, and she said almost under her breath, Oh, it doesn't look like a wicked place. It seems as if it were heaven we were coming to. Someone had crowded between Allison and Evelyn so that she did not hear, but her brother caught the low-spoken words, and his face grew grave at once as he watched the delicate profile against the darkness of the night he realized that here was a pure sweet soul it is by no means heaven he said with almost a sigh and allison becoming conscious of what she had said blushed and looked up at him shyly she was not much used to young men not men like this one excepting her brother it was all like a beautiful dream after that they found the carriage waiting at the end of the ferry, and at the house Evelyn led her to that lovely room and helped her to take off her things herself. There was not even a sign of the dreaded maid. Somehow Evelyn seemed to have developed a way of making one feel at ease. Or was it because the reality was so much less to be dreaded than the anticipation? Allison found she could laugh and talk quite naturally even when she was made to sit down in Evelyn's room with a substantial and inviting repast before her, on a little table drawn before the fire. And afterward Evelyn made her tell all about her beloved Sunday-school class. Perhaps this, more than anything else, helped to still the homesick feeling. All the time they were talking, Evelyn was studying the outlines of the other girl's face, drinking in every line and expression and noting everything that could remind her of one who was to her as though he had been dead. End of chapter 21